Okay. We're here. Um, welcome to the panic attack with Big John. As always, remember to... Puff your cigar, like, share, and subscribe, and all that fun stuff. Fun, fun, fun till your daddy takes the T-bird away. Um, Trump had a press conference today. And I'll be a little teensy bit critical of the president... Uh, for a change. Um, what the? No, of course. We got an ad playing somewhere on my thing here. <laughs> okay, it stopped. Don't know where that sound came from. <sighs> okay, so Trump came out and he was, uh, he rambled on and on. It was not. But this is outstanding what's happened today. Now, they thought the number would be a loss of 9 million jobs and it was a gain of almost 3 million jobs. Nobody's ever seen anything. I think it was incredible in a couple of ways. Number one, the numbers are. Great. And this leads us on to a long period of growth. We'll have the greatest. We'll go back to having the greatest economy anywhere in the world. Nothing close. And I think we're going to have a very good upcoming few months. I think you're going to have a very good August, very good July, but a spectacular, maybe spectacular September, but a spectacular October, November, December. And next year is going to be one of the best years we've ever had economically. And if you look at the numbers, they bear it out. But we were strong. It's sort of like when you go in for an operation, if a person is healthy, healthy, we were healthy. We had the greatest economy in the world. We went in for an operation. We closed our country down. We closed it down. We saved possibly two million, two and a half million lives. Okay. Oh, thanks for interrupting me, Mr. President. Uh, that was a, a tidbit of his speech. <laughs> um, I took extensive notations throughout it. He comes out talking about vaccines, therapeutics, and cures for the virus looking good. That's always nice to hear. Um, he then goes on to talk about the job creation in the month of May. Uh, people thought that we would lose jobs again in May, but thanks to some states reopening, we gained two and a half. Now, he said in the speech, three million I've since seen reports that say two and a half million, but that's still good. 
Uh, he said that China is buying a lot from us and upholding their end of the trade deal. He said that airline stocks went through the roof. People are starting to travel and fly again. People are driving again. He said the stock market went through the roof today. And at one point it was up a thousand points. It ended the day up 800 points compared to yesterday. Uh, he said that this has been the greatest 50-day rally. He didn't say since when. Uh, he said that experts predicted, and uh, I saw a lot of headlines that read this as well, experts predicted 8 to 10 million job losses uh, in the last month or so. Instead, we gained two and a half or three million. Uh, he then went on to talk about what he's done for the black community. He talked about, you know, everyone deserves equal justice under the law. He talked about, you know, we all should be able to uh, go to the police without fear of, you know, being injured and killed while if we're being arrested or something of that nature i'm not even paraphrasing i'm just talking out of my ass there but he said you know we got to work on you know police community relations or something like that uh he said he's done more for the black community than any president since lincoln he talked about uh opportunity zones you know money to historically black colleges criminal justice reform, which was basically almost like a repeal of the uh, crime bill that Joe Biden supported and Bill Clinton supported. Um, he talked again about, you know, equal justice under the law and Minnesota. Uh, he said that he was talking about the first stimulus package. He said, we passed laws for three trillion dollars um, then he talked about unemployment was 13 percent when the experts said it would be 20 percent uh, he said that he had during his three and a half years there had been 144 all-time highs on the stock market I'm reading you these notes that I took because the mainstream media is not going to. Okay? Trump said that, you know, they saved lives by closing the economy. I told you he jumped around a lot during this. Said that, you know, they saved lives by closing the economy. But now that we need to start sending young people back to work and protect the elderly and vulnerable populations. He talked uh, you know, a lot about the millions of lives saved again. He said, you know, we need to open up with masks and social distancing. The states like New York and California that have blanket lockdowns still in place need to stop. I think Michigan would be included in that too. Uh, he bounced around from point to point way too much. Uh, you know, he then talks about, you know, there could be a vaccine before the end of the year. Uh, he said that, you know, 
previously they had said by 2021, like January, they would have a vaccine for the virus. Now they're saying before the end of the year, that could be any time, you know, December 31st or sooner. Um, but, you know, he said, you know, people are driving, people are flying. Uh, we're coming together, he said. We're coming together. Um, he said, you know, now I'm going to sign a PPP law. And I didn't even know what PPP stood for. And I still don't. <laughs> but uh, it's basically payroll protection program. Oh, I could have guessed it right. Uh, then he started talking about veterans. You know, we did, he said, we've done a lot for veterans. Veterans can go to any doctor and, you know, the government pays for it. Uh, they started VA accountability and VA choice, which is veterans can go to any doctor. You know, he said that they have great doctors at the VA clinics, but sometimes the veterans had to wait uh, a long time in line to get and I don't mean a physical line, I mean line, to get uh, into a doctor. Uh, then he goes to sign the bill. So, you know, they had the podium. He said, I'm going to sign this bill. I'm going to let a few other people speak, and then we'll take questions. He said they were going to take questions at the end, okay? He said... They would take questions at the end. After these other gentlemen spoke and after he signed the bill. So he sits down at this little desk and he picks up his pen and is getting ready to sign. And reporters start, a male reporter yells out, how would economic recovery have helped George Floyd last week? And I don't remember what Trump responded, but he said, I'd like to sign this bill. And then, yeah, he said, I'd like to sign this bill. And then a female reporter yelled out, how can you say this is recovery when black unemployment is up 1%, 1% after shutting down the entire economy? And after all he did to create the, the lowest black unemployment in history? You're complaining about 1%? Uh, she said, Asian unemployment is up a half a percent. How can you call that a victory? The woman reporter yelled out. And he said, Trump responded, you people are unbelievable. And it is unbelievable. The president is sitting down to sign a bill into law that passed both houses of Congress overwhelmingly. And it, the, the PPP bill is to uh, help with, help pay, help small businesses re, uh, with the loans that they were given under the first stimulus. You know, they're basically, if the business reopened and brought its employees back, they're going to forgive the loans from what I remember about the first stimulus. Uh, so he signed more payroll protection into law. 
but they didn't wait for him to take questions. He outright said, after I sign this bill, I'm going to let these other two men speak, and then we'll take questions. As he's trying to sign the bill into law, they start yelling stuff out. He was not at the speaker's podium. He was sitting at a desk with a pen in his hand, getting ready to sign the law. And he shut them down with this, I'd like to sign this bill. And then, you people are unbelievable. So, he brought these other two uh, ex experts out. Uh, it was apparently a very hot day. They were passing out cups of water uh, to the, the people, the, you know, the cabinet members and other people standing there. Uh, Mike Pence spoke for a minute uh, or two or three, I don't know, a little, he spoke a little. Uh, then a couple other experts came out and they said, you know, new businesses are actually opening right now, which is unbelievable. After the entire economy was shut down, new businesses are open. New business applications are up. Uh, Trump said, we're going to ask for a payroll tax cut, stimulus, help for restaurants and the entertainment business that were hurt badly during the shutdown. And then he just walked off and everyone walked off with him. And I'm glad that they did. Those port reporters were so disrespectful. Actually, in my notes, I titled this section, Asshole Reporters. Because that's exactly how they acted. That was so rude. They, they have never treated any president like this. Yeah, okay. Shipfire. Fox News and its clowns and uh, other conservative commentators, be it the Internet uh, or Rush Limbaugh or Sean Hannity, they would criticize President Obama on TV, radio, newspapers, wherever. That's, that's the correct way to do it. Okay? Reporters would report on President Obama, President Bush, President Clinton's actions and whatever. And oftentimes the report was their opinion. But nonetheless, they did it properly. They didn't start yelling things out after the president said, I'm going to let some other people talk and then we'll take questions. They do never have any reporters that I've ever seen sat, yelled out while a president was sitting down to sign a bill into law. Reporters did not shout out questions as Nancy Pelosi was signing the articles of impeachment to send over to the Senate. They let them sign the bill. They let her sign the articles. And then they asked questions. 
that was so disrespectful of those two reporters. And once the first one yelled out, then the second one had to yell out. And what, what ignoramus questions. Of course, economic recovery could not help George Floyd from being killed by a cop. Of course, it couldn't have helped him last week. <coughs> I've talked my throat dry. You know, uh, economic unemployment going up a half a percent. in the Asian community is not a a travesty or a tragedy or any injustice of any type. Unemployment going up 1% in the black community is not a tragedy, travesty, or injustice. But the reporters had to find something, something bad, and Trump even said that during his speech. Oh, you're going to, I know you guys are going to go out tonight and you're going to look for, you know, the one veteran who didn't get health care. or You're going to look for the one person who didn't get a ventilator. You know, he, he flat out called them out before they could show their ignorance. And they showed their ignorance anyways. Unreal how horrible the media treats this president. Horrific, I would say. They've never done this to any president. And I've been following politics darn near religiously since 1996. I got involved in 1998. And I've seen a lot of well, Clinton, Bush, Obama, during those years, and now Trump. I've never seen presidents treated like this. I was a political nerd as a kid, even. George H.W. Bush was never treated like this by the media. Ronald Reagan was never treated like this by the media. I was too little to know anything about Jimmy Carter other than his name and my grandpap used to have a saying that uh, you got more something than Carter has liver pills. I don't know what the hell that meant, but uh, I don't remember Jimmy Carter is the point. But I've never seen a president treated so disrespectful by the media. And I'm glad that Donald Trump and Hot Kaylee fight back at the media. I'm glad Kaylee pulls out her binder and flips through it and says, well, let me ask you some questions. Why did you say that the coronavirus couldn't be spread from human to human contact in the early phases? Why did you say this back months ago? You know, maybe you should ask so-and-so this or that question. Oh, terrible. And then you have this idiot Biden. The media and the celebs love him? Really? All right. This is the love he gives the American people. 
Biden says 10 to 15 percent of Americans are just not very good people in an interview on how to unite America. Well, gee, that's really going to unite the country. What's 10 or 15 percent of 300 million? Couple million? Uh, it, this article says, uh, in an interview on the widespread anti-racism protests sweeping America, Democrat presidential contender Joe Biden said, despite 10 to 15 percent of Americans not being very good people, the country could overcome its divisions. Uh, and he was being interviewed alongside uh, Don Cheadle, one of my favorite actors. Um, Biden made the remark. This guy makes an asinine remark like every other day, every time he's on TV or interview of some kind. First, you, you aren't really black if you don't vote for me. Now he's saying 10 to 15% of us are just not very good people. But he can help us overcome the 10 to 15% evidently. Biden made the remark in an online town hall event Thursday night, moderated by actor Don Cheadle, in which he spoke of the need to unite the country. Ryan Wilson, CEO of The Gathering Spot, a cultural private membership group, was also present at the discussion. Do we really think that this is as good as we can be as a nation? I don't think the vast majority of people think that. There are probably anywhere from 10 to 15 percent of the people out there that just aren't very good people. Now, yes, we can always improve as a nation. Every nation can improve in some way. Duh. But to say 10 to 15 percent of Americans are not good people. What 10 to 15 percent is he talking about? Oh, Democrats and pe people in Hollywood that don't like Trump want this idiot president, Joe Biden. Good grief, help us. On to a little George Floyd update. Video of Floyd's death offers clues into ex-Minnesota police officers' possible defense, say, legal experts. Um, the video of George Floyd, yeah, we already know that. Bail has been set at a million dollars for all of the officers. So they're going to stay in jail until uh, they could. Uh, they're going to stay in jail till trial. No one's. They're not coming up with a bail bond on that kind of uh, bond. Um, here, however, you have the have police who are on duty to help protect their fellow officer. To charge them, you'd have to show they knew or should have known that he was acting with excessive force. Uh, according to court documents, Thau watched as Chauvin
placed his knee on Floyd's neck and then turned to the crowd to keep the crowd from getting too close. Uh, Wein, Weinman says, Thou appears focused on controlling the crowd as he is trained to do and said prosecutors face a challenge of convicting him for failing to monitor Chauvin's level of, support, of force. Uh, expecting an officer to do that would be asking him to go against all instincts and usual practice. Let's scroll down and see what they say about the next one. Uh, scroll back up. Lane and Kong helped hold Floyd down while Chauvin kneeled on Floyd's neck, but legal experts say they still had defenses, particularly Lane. Soon after Floyd is pinned down, Lane asked Chauvin if they should roll Floyd on his side and was told no, according to court documents. So this Lane officer, Lane also said he was worried that Floyd was suffering from excited delirium and agitated condition. The case against Lane will be the toughest for the prosecution because the defense will say he actively tried to help Floyd by urging Chauvin to turn Floyd over at least twice. I told you, it's going to be harder than you think to convict those guys. Uh, Kong, who held Floyd's back during the arrest, according to court documents, and may face the toughest case, partly because he remained silent during the arrest, the legal experts said. They said Kong will likely try to argue he was unaware of the extent of force Chauvin was using and could not determine Floyd's condition until it was too late. Both Chong and Lane, or Kong and Lane, are relatively junior officers, which also could favor them. They will say they weren't willing to go against the chain of command, said Joseph Friedberg, a defense attorney. Okay, and then the article just goes into a bunch of advertisements. So those are the defenses that the officers are going to use. Uh, you know, uh, Chauvin, you know, is going to is going to have the hardest time. But at the end of the day, the moment George Floyd's body went limp, they had an obligation to roll him over and help him uh help him they had an obligation to try to resuscitate him i i've seen off well i shouldn't say i've seen i having worked and been a city councilman in my past uh worked closely with police they've gone to scenes of uh drug cases where uh someone was unconscious they revived the person, and then the person wanted to fight them. And they had to walk that line 
right, the thin blue line of protect and serve, they still had an obligation to protect and serve the community and the person they were arresting. And the officers I know did a good job of it. Uh, once the <clears throat> drug addict was narcanned and revived and started fighting them, they then had to arrest him for, <clears throat> or them, wasn't, there, there were females too, it happened, happens a lot. Officers will save somebody's life and then the person freaks out thinking they're going to be arrested for overdosing or because they have more drugs on them that they haven't taken yet. And then they start to fight the police and try to, you know, run away. And the police then have to, you know, resist them for things from assaulting an officer, um, interfering with police business, uh, resisting arrest, um, disorderly conduct, whatever they can find to charge them. But I've never, ever seen officers uh, lay, kneel on someone's neck like these guys were doing. You know, one officer was kneeling on his back, one on his neck, and one on George Floyd's legs. And then the uh, ninja was uh, watching the crowd. So... You know, the fact that George Floyd has an extensive criminal past is going to be used in the defense of these officers. It, their actions of the uh, remaining three, aside from Chauvin, are going to be <clears throat> used like, you know, the one officer was doing crowd control. How... How could he have known what was going on, what George Floyd's condition was? How, you know, the Officer Lane said, well, why don't we help him? You know, was Officer Lane supposed to drag De uh, Derek Chauvin off of George Floyd? Uh, yeah. Yeah, he was, if he needed to, uh, if it was the right thing to do. Um, but... You know, I hope they all get convicted. I do. Because they all failed at their duty. <clears throat> Chauvin and uh, Thau both have histories of roughing up uh, people while arresting them. So, you know, that's going to be used against them in court. But I fear what will happen if somehow... Some of these officers are not convicted. Justice has to be served. Right or wrong, our emotions don't matter. I'm waving a nail file around. Our emotions don't matter. You know, juries are going to decide the fates of these guys. Uh, we'll see if some of them try to take a plea bargain and turn on their fellow officers who save their own hides 
it's also key to note we've only seen one body cam footage from this event and it was from across the street we haven't seen the the body cam footage of the four officers that are accused in this we haven't seen chovens we haven't seen lanes we haven't seen kongs and we haven't seen thou's body cam footage <coughs> will that body cam footage show George Floyd resisting? I don't think so. I know that from one angle, you can see George Floyd drop to the ground, drop to the sidewalk. I thought he fell myself. Uh, somebody else said that he sat down in protest. Um, but we do see them try to put him in the back of the cruiser. He's too large to fit, he allegedly said, and that he was claustrophobic. We do see him run as best he can to the other side of the vehicle. And then we don't see anything until the cell phones come out and the officers already have him on the ground. So what happened in that 10 minutes, according to Chauvin? Chauvin said that we've been trying to get him in the police car for 10 minutes uh so what happened during that time we don't know yet uh, i again reiterate these officers ne neglected their duty they're guilty of dereliction of duty uh, i think they're guilty of the charges that have been filed against them and i think that they're you know an embarrassment and a shame to law enforcement but it's four officers out of millions. Maybe, maybe not millions. Eh, we'll, we'll, we'll include the whole world, right? There are probably millions of officers out there worldwide. So, again, this is going to be a hard case to prove. I hope it does go the way uh, we all want it to. And if it doesn't, I really fear for this country and uh, the war, not really the world. Well, there are worldwide protests for some reason. I don't understand why people in Great Britain are protesting something that happened in Minneapolis, Minnesota, but that's their right, I guess. Um, but this is a matter of, you know, justice and it has to go before a judge or before a jury uh, and the, the evidence has to be presented just like the evidence should have been presented for George Floyd and just like you know George Floyd should have had the chance to go before a judge and a jury uh, and so we've got to mind those things you know like Trump said, we should get equal justice under the law, regardless of race, creed, sexual orientation, religion. We all deserve equal justice. And now it's time for George Floyd to get the justice he was denied when Officer Chauvin and others decided to kneel on his neck and back. Uh, Whatever 
the official medical examiner's results are. Uh, every report I've seen say that them kneeling on him had something to do with his death. Uh, maybe not directly, but indirectly. So it's time for George Floyd to get the justice he was denied when he was murdered. So uh, I, I'm very, you can tell I'm very timid and nervous in my voice right now. I, I hope this goes the way we all want it to. Um, but I, I'm very nervous. The juries and judges, you don't know what's going to go on in that courtroom or how it's going to play out until it plays out. So with that, good night. God bless you and have a great, great day.